What is up, everyone? This week, I have a returning guest to talk about some of last year's films and some highly anticipated movies releasing this year. As well as, with it being awards season, we discuss our thoughts on the Oscars next month. So please welcome back the host of Pod Level Midnight, Josiah Dury. man we're live we're on buddy jeez no prep rest right into it no we got some prep man we were texting a little bit about uh about what what we want to cover um how you doing dude good 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 that's good i uh kind of wanted to start off there's this spicy topic going on right now uh on the well not twitter but um i guess x is what it's called and there seems to be some it's twitter some comparison about amon Ross and Brown and Justin Jefferson. Do you want to fill me in on that real quick before we get started? I'm I'm considering with my own podcast pivoting to just these ridiculous takes <laughs> to get so that you go viral, just saying things that make no sense, saying check the numbers and the numbers don't back you up, but you know, just saying it anyways. So I don't know. There's some wild things that you know, Lions fans have never had this level of success, so they they don't know what to do with themselves. I could see that. I mean, this this was a year for the Lions, I'll give you that, but um also, it is one of those things. What can give you the most views? But he seemed pretty. Uh, he didn't seem like it was just a clickbait type of video. He did seem like it was. He seemed like he was going to die on that hill, regardless of the debate. And the best part, I think, and you even quoted it was, I mean, look at the numbers. Yeah. Like, if you really want to look at the numbers, I don't think there's really a comparison at all. But um, that's OK. It's OK. Teach his own, I suppose. You know? Yeah. People are people say some wild things. Alliance. Which is probably what we're going to do tonight. So probably, yeah. Why not? So, um, what's new, man? How are things with the pod? And and uh, obviously, you know, I've, a couple people know because I've talked about you guys, talked about you a few times. But your pod mainly consists of covering sports, movies, TV shows, really anything going on. But definitely centers around sports and movies. So, how are things going with that? Are you still doing your um, your director series? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Directors Club. So that's one of, kind of the, one of the movie projects I have going. So um, yeah, kind of as the Viking season wraps up, take a little time off and um, get ready for award season here. And um, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a bit, but one of our mutual favorite directors has a new movie coming out at the end of this month. So I'll be doing doing some chat about our guy, Denis Villeneuve, um, and, as we get ready for Dune 2. And yeah, just kind of, um, it's not pro- probably as consistent as your pod like every week but it's more when i got something to talk about and got someone to talk about it with we'll put something out there so yeah it's it's fun to cover the vikings but it's also i've been getting more and more into um movie uh reviews criticism whatever you want to call it um just kind of following the industry so that's that's been fun so i know you've been on a few pods to chat about some of those movies and tv shows yeah i know i mean i i had to take some time off uh, from corner, so I haven't really done every week, um, but you know, just with with um, 
being so when we moved and then holidays and then obviously we had the birth of our child. So like I haven't been too consistent, but um, that's one thing I noticed for you for sure. Like every week in football season, you're on right. pretty much post game. Um, yeah. And I know obviously big movie releases. That's that's where you thrive too. Um, a couple people I know who listen to this um, aren't too familiar with Dune mm-hmm. or at least the Dune backstory. Give me a <sighs> explain it to me like I'm a five year old. Okay. Oh my gosh. So let's let's just talk about what exactly is Dune about. So for those that saw Dune Part One, you might have been like, Oh wow, there's a lot in here that seems like it's kind of ripping off Star Wars. Well, the Dune book was published uh like twenty years before the original Star Wars came out. So that's kind of it was kind of the basis of a lot of sci-fi, uh fantasy, whatever you want to call it, that has come after or between yeah, Star Wars, Blade Runner, all these, all these other different things. So, um, it's kind of a classic, you know, hero's journey story, um, but with with a twist and with a bit more of a. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's some, yeah, there's some characters that aren't as as either good or bad as you might expect, and there's it kind of flips a lot of that stuff on its head as you get into the end of the first book, and then potentially the second book, which would be the third movie as they get there. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of your classic um, sci-fi hero's journey type story. You've got a, a a boy who's the chosen one, and you know how he's got to go through stuff. But then it looks at what are the actual consequences of of that type of story and the people that that follow it and go along with it. So it's really interesting. I you know read the book for the first time as I knew the movie was going to be coming out. I wasn't familiar with it until a couple of years before that. So um, it was really fun to read the book, and I think that made me you know like the movie all the all the more. And then. Yeah, if we're going to talk about 2024 movies. I mean, it was my most anticipated movie of 2023, and then it was delayed. So, I'm <laughs> the countdown is on right now. I've got, um, I've got my tickets secured. I'm, I'm ready to go for for IMAX at the end of the month. So, really excited. I hope they get to do a, a part three as well. I think that'd be a good kind of fitting end to the to the trilogy. And shout out to David Lynch too for the 1984 version. Um, maybe not as uh, critically successful as the Villeneuve, but he had some some interesting vision on that. And I've got to always respect my guy, uh, David Lynch. So that's an enjoyable one to watch too, if you want to, but that, that does cover both part one and part two of, of these films. So if you don't want that kind of ending spoiled, wait and watch it after doing part two. Um, and how big is the book? Pretty big. Um, I had it. Do you have a copy of it? Yeah, I was actually, I've been rereading the back half to kind of get ready for this. I think it's like about 500 pages. So, so, so it's a pretty it's sizable. Yeah, pretty pretty big read. Sounds yeah. like yeah, it's good um, though. It's really good. I'm actually trying to read more books this year, and I don't care. Here's the debate: I have Spotify Premium. Shout out to Spotify, <laughs> and I get um audiobooks. Like I think I get nine hours a month, or no, thirteen hours a month. Um, and I'm gonna count that as reading a book because I'm either driving or I'm working. I don't really have time to read too much. I'd like to read a little bit more. But um, at some point, I'm sure I'll dive into to do. But I've always been more of a visual person. So that's kind of why I like the I like movies a little bit more than books. I mean, it's hard. Like there's there's some books I've read or listened to. And I'm like, OK, I'm actually drawn in by this. But um, just from seeing Dune part one and seeing it on a big screen, it's kind of hard for me to kind of want to go backwards now and read a book but who knows maybe 
Maybe I'll have some. Yeah, I'd say read it if you want to. I'd say read it after part two. And then, I mean, there's certainly a lot more in there that they kind of just touch the, they may make a hint to, you know, all these, I mean, any, any book that's going to be that in depth and that, I mean, they always said Dune was one of those unadaptable books for that reason. So much of it is, is in the characters' heads and all the dialogue is just their thoughts and all that sort of stuff. So um, that makes it really difficult. And, you know, Villeneuve, I think did a great job with part one, but there's still a lot that's just kind of on the surface in the movie that you really, you know, dive into in the, in the book. So um, it's really good, but that's why, you know, that's why they're different art forms. That's why, you know, adaptation is an important part of, of making a movie. You can't just, you know, go word for word because it's not going to, it's a different art form and it's not going to be successful. You know, what's successful in a book isn't going to always be successful in a movie and vice versa. So you got to make some changes. Even, even Lord of the Rings, you know, people say it's the most, one of the more faithful ones and it is in a lot of ways, but there's plenty of changes that were, that were made for that too. But I think that they're necessary in order to make, um, to, you know, to make a good movie, it's more important to make, make a good movie than a perfect adaptation in, in a lot of ways. So um, I agree. It's interesting yep. thing to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree to that. Um, so you mentioned how it was originally supposed to come out. Well, a lot of movies were originally supposed to come out last year and due to the writer's strike, um, that was mainly about, was it writer's strike against AI or something like that? What was the strike about? No, they were, I, well, I'm, I'm not okay, in the union, but, question, but. <laughs> um, they, yeah, so the writers and the actors were both um, on strike for, for many months this past year. And there were a lot of, I mean, you know, just different pay things for the writers. It's like, you know, number of writers on a certain project and, you know, making sure that there's enough jobs to go around and stuff. And then, you know, AI was certainly a new thing that was coming on this past year as well for writers and for actors for, you know, using their likeness and um, CGI and all those different things too. So uh, that was, you know, I think a big part of the negotiations that was probably not solved because it's going to change so much over the coming years, but that was a part of it. But of course, every, you know, every time a new contract comes up, there's questions of, um, of wages and of job opportunities and those things too. So I think that went into it as well. But yeah, it was it was a big um, kind of change in the industry for almost half the year um, for those to both be. I don't think they'd both be on, been on strike for like decades at the same time. So that's why some stuff got got delayed. And yeah, Dune 2 unfortunately was a, a casualty of that. But then they moved it up a couple weeks. So we're we're almost there. Yeah, that was one thing too. It wasn't just the movies that were scheduled to be released or were pretty much done in post-production and, and were scheduled to be released that were pushed back. Even filming of movies were, were put to a halt. Right, well, yeah, so that's, like, that's probably the that bigger... That's probably going to be the bigger effect is like this year and next year, there's going to be more of a hole from just production that wasn't happening then. Cause I mean, some stuff was, was delayed, but most stuff still ended up, ended up coming out or, or was, you know, only delayed by uh, a few months or, or whatever the case may be. So um, all in all, I think we still got a very full, um, full release calendar last year. And it was mostly stuff like, you know, the twos and Daya movies were both delayed. Cause I think, you know, they're, they're, relying on her to be out there and able to promote the movie of course so um it's understandable so um but yeah we still got a ton of of great releases and overall i would say you know if we want to get into the the year but um uh, really good year for movies 2023 i have to say i did want to ask you what um so you inspired me last time you were on um i'm gonna pull my list up here because it's not as impressive as probably yours which is okay um and you inspired me. It was when you were on, you mentioned how the previous year you had a 
a goal or a challenge to was it watch a hundred new films or hundred and fifty new films? I think it was hundred and fifty. It's a big it's a big bite to take. Um did you have the same goal this year? No, so this year I was um kind of rewatching a lot of stuff and then uh, you know, I know we're gonna get to it, but I was also pivoting to like what movies do I do I want to own and you know physically and also just you know seeing um new releases and stuff too. So um two years ago, yeah, it was 150 new movies, and that didn't mean all released in that year, but just stuff I had never right. seen before. So um yeah, this year it was this year meaning 2023. Um I didn't have anything super specific, but it was kind of yeah, refining, revisiting, and you know, still seeing a lot of new stuff as well. I think I had actually I pulled it up my on my letterbox for yep. Just how many movies had I seen that were released in 2023? And it was actually 52, which is is one a week, so that's that's perfect. So, um, 52 releases so far from from last year. But um, yeah, it's and, it's fun. And that, so th those are the ones you mentioned that came out last year. Yes. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, because I tried to do. Um, it's weird because you put me on a letterbox uh, late to the game. I'll admit it, and I. Never too I kind of just went, oh, I know. And I kind of just went ham on it. I was like, oh, I've seen this, seen this, seen this. Watch, 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 watch. And I'm like, oh, this is messing up. Like if I actually wanted to keep tally of what I saw this year. So I, I created a separate list. Mm -hmm. um, and I have uh, 37 um, from last year. And I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but yeah. And so, some of them were new releases, but some of them were some of the older. I mean, I went through the Daniel Craig Bond series because I haven't seen all of his before. Interesting take on some of them. Um, but then there was a couple like other, like some new ones I saw, like Air. Air was a big one for me last year. Um, and, and we'll get more into it. But the one that stood out to me that was a little interesting, uh, it was, uh, hang on, I got to pull it up here. Oh, maybe not interesting. I thought it was done very well. It was Richard Jewell. Um, have you heard about that story? It's about the. Yeah, I've uh, never seen it. A really good. So the actor in there is a straight up stud. It's Paul Walter yeah, Hauser. I love him. Um, yeah. yeah, he's in this other show called uh, Blackbird on Apple TV, which I want to mm -hmm. get to that eventually. So he won an Emmy for that, I think. Yeah, he's he's a really good actor. Um, but that was one that I really liked. I rated that fairly high of films that I watched last year that weren't new. No Country for Old Men. I watched for the first time last year. Oh yeah. Um, probably could be a little shorter, maybe. But it, it, it <laughs> is one of those long films that like didn't seem as long as it was. I mean, similar to like, to, I'll, I'll give my take about Killers of the Flower Moon later, but <laughs> it didn't feel like it was a three and a half hour movie when I watched sure. it. Yeah. Um, but that was one that stood out to me last year. And then uh, the new ones that I saw last year, we can get into that. Um, what did you think? Didn't of... you log? Um, did you watch Once a Time in Hollywood recently? I was okay. So I, I scrolled past and saw that. That movie was incredible i love I that movie believe, it's one of my favorite movies ever i can't believe i didn't watch it when it came out it was 2019 i believe when it came out yes. and um i don't know I, I i was working at a movie theater at that time uh i don't know why i didn't see it it's weird because when i worked at the movie theater it was a restaurant brewery movie theater right but i was spoiled with free movies for, similar to probably your situation when you worked at the iconic gti and um it got to a point where I was just working so much that I was like, I'm just going to go home. I could watch this movie later or something like that. Like we, we weren't allowed to see new releases opening weekend, which kind of makes oh, sense. Man. I mean, like you can, unless you pay for a ticket, 
Yeah. So like that, that makes sense. And some, some studios, you know, they had people come in and actually make sure that that rule, I don't know. There's, there's probably some weird laws within it, but I didn't see it when I was there. I watched it last year. Um, Honestly, I think I watched it last December. I think I watched it a couple months ago and uh, huge fan. I'm a huge fan of that film. I, yeah. So I saw it when I remember seeing it when it came out and I was, I was going to say when it comes to like, 2023 i would say best movie year since 2019 because 2019 was a was an awesome year uh when you look back at it um and then of course everything's been messed up since then but um yeah that is you know it's hard to and i think he'll probably have a movie coming out in a couple years i'll maybe be able to do a director's club about him but tarantino um you know it's hard to say that once upon a time in hollywood is better than pulp fiction or Inglorious Bastards or like some of those other ones, but it's mm-hmm. it's my favorite of his. It's I don't like rewatch movies as much as I used to, but that is what that's one of my just like vibe movies. I'll I'll watch that you know probably at least once a year. Just throw it on um, and just hang out with with Leo and Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie in, in Hollywood. And I, it's I, fun. Yeah, I love that movie, movie so much. It's yeah. hilarious. Leo is in one of his most one of his I think just straight up best performances but also just funniest mm-hmm. and yeah I love that movie so much so I'm glad you, you I'm glad uh, you liked it that's the thing about Letterboxd is you get to see yeah I've got it as a five star um, which I don't give those out lightly so um, that's probably a little bit of you know what is my what is something I just love versus what is you know the most critically you know perfect movie but um, mm-hmm. for me that's there and actually I have right here you have a physical copy the novel, I have the physical copy too, but you can't really see it. Oh yeah. So Tarantino wrote a novel once by the Hollywood about um it's like <laughs> it's like the behind the scenes of like Rick Dalton's career and stuff. And um it's really funny too. So had that to get that. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Um well Kelsey and I were watching it and she she really enjoyed it. She has never I don't think she's ever seen a Quentin Tarantino film. You can tell it's very different from his others. Yeah. yeah, I mean you could tell maybe a little bit, but not as much as the um not till the end yeah that's where you get the the (laughs) gore a little bit because i was just going to say like it's more so you have chekhov's flamethrower yeah and you have (laughs) that's another thing with the movie like it just kept getting i feel like it just kept getting better as as the time went on i was like this is just getting better and better and like how's how are you gonna top this yeah oh okay um and i'm a sucker for stuff like that where it's like making fake old movies and, you know, recasting people in them and like, you know, all these spinoffs and stuff, um, which is just throughout that whole movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed the, um, I believe it was the same actor from Mindhunter who played Charlie, Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I saw that somewhere in an article. Yeah. He's barely at in least, it. Yeah. Yeah. At least, I mean, at least looked like him. Um, but there's a lot of, I mean, it was only 2019, but when you think of Austin Butler in that movie, you've got oh, yeah. um, Sydney Sweeney's in there. Margaret, Margot or Margaret Qualley is that her name? Um, Ethan yeah. Hawke's daughter. Like everyone that's at that ranch is like doing a lot of stuff now. And then of course the three biggest, three of the biggest stars in the in the industry as your as your three leads. So um, yeah, very very strong recommendation if people have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, big fan actually, big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where if you you know think about letterboxd is that i can just see oh jason just watched that great i gotta i gotta talk to him about it you know um so you just follow your friends see what they're what they're watching what they're logging and yeah i use letterboxd now like i don't even go to rotten tomatoes or stuff anymore i look at you know ratings on letterboxd 
and yeah, try to get in the habit of of logging everything I see, and then you can just go back, and it's got a lot of cool like similar to like a Spotify Wrapped type thing. You know, how yeah. much did you watch last year? You can make any list you want. I did, you know. Um, hopefully, my wife doesn't listen to this, but um, I did pay for the like the patron subscription this year because they had a deal going on around black friday or whenever so it was only like 30 it was like 30 bucks for the year or something but you get to customize (laughs) all your posters then so that's what i've been doing so it's a lot of fun that's so yeah love letterboxd it's it's funny because when when last time you were on you were talking about letterboxd and and the list of 150 i had a couple friends listen to that and every time i went over hey man how you doing like but you haven't seen this movie let's watch this movie we've got to get the list down and i'm like all right cool um and that's when that's when I was watching more of like the movies I meant to watch. So whether it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Chef with John Favreau, that's Great an movie. awesome movie too. Yeah. Um, we watched The Hurt Locker with Jeremy Renner, um, really good movie. I think that's is that Guy Ritchie? No, um, it's not. No, actually, no, no, no. I don't even know who that is. Anyways, shout out to her. Um, but but no, that that was a good one. And then uh, I think some my my favorite movie from two. That was Catherine Bigelow, yeah. Yes. Uh, so my favorite movie for 2023. We'll just get to it. Um, and it was. Let me. Do you want? Do you want to have my? Hear my top ten. Let's. let's or do you want to do your top, first? Yours first. Let's, yeah. Let's do. Yeah, you're the guest. I don't know what I'm talking. I feel like Burke. No, that's right. His podcast. I, I got some lists. So much more than the guest. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. Please <laughs> do me the honors, please. <laughs> well, I want to see where if yours, you know, falls on here and where. So it'd be interesting before you say these, your number one. Sorry. Are these in like a certain order? Or are they just? No, I'll go like 10 your... to 1. Okay, there we go. Okay, yep. Take that. Top 10 of the year. So this is not uh, Best Picture, although a few of these are Best Picture nominees, uh, but this is my top 10. Yeah, once again, just there's so much, I, you know, if people want, um, you know, recommendations for what to check out um, from this past year, it really was a great year as far as, you know, kind of, I don't know how you, it'd be interesting to think, to ask like, especially now that you're on Letterboxd, like, what do you think of when you think of a four star versus four and a half versus five versus three and a half, you know, that sort of thing. And it shows like your distribution of like, what do you rate most often and stuff. So for me, five star is like, I've only rated like 25 movies, five stars in like out of all the movies I've seen, you know? So I don't give those out lightly. There's like maybe one or or two a year, um, if that. So, um, so I'll get to that, but I had a lot of four and a halfs this year, um, and one five, um, and then probably even more fours. So, just roll through these, through these. Let me know if you yeah, want to talk about any of them right here or else we'll get to them with, I'm sure, Oscar stuff too. So um, number 10, The Holdovers. Oh, great movie. I want, um, where is that streaming? Is it streaming anywhere? I rented it, but I think it's on Peacock maybe. Nice. I'm actually, we're going to get into streaming talk later too because check I got to um, check with you on that one. Great holiday movie. We watched it, I think on Christmas or the day after Christmas with my family and yeah, classic, like, they don't make them like they used to type movie, but really good old school uh, feel. And, yeah, I think everyone would, would enjoy The Holdovers. And, of so. course, Paul Giamatti nominated. Mm-hmm. Did he win the gold? He won Making the Golden a run. Globe. He won the Golden Globe. He did. And then he's nominated for an Oscar. Because okay, it split, cool. yeah, because they split yep. between the... Yep. So, number nine, Barbie. Heard of it. Um, number Interesting. eight. I thought it yeah. was higher for you. I think it was before. Okay. Um, but still really, I mean, these are all four and a halfs at this point. Yeah. So, um, so we can talk Barbenheimer if you want, but it's, you know, gone through the cycle. We're going to get to snubs in a minute, so I should, we'll, we'll talk to it, but I still think it, it holds up and is a really impressive accomplishment just to actually pull that thing off, um, the way that 
Greta Gerwig did. So just for for a degree of difficulty, I have to have it have it on there. Just um, iconic. Um, number eight, the boy and the heron. So I don't know if you heard about this, but this is the Miyazaki movie. So he's the uh, Japanese uh, animator um, that does all the Studio Ghibli uh, stuff. So he did a new movie this year. Um, the Boy and the Hair, and this was a, my first time seeing one of his films in the theater, so that was fun. Um, and yeah, really good animated movie. Um, yeah, I'd recommend checking out all of his stuff, honestly. But um, the Boy and the Hair was was really good. So, um, okay, I'm taking notes as 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 you go down, so I can kind of if I have any questions, I'll go back to them. Okay, cool. So number so seven. number seven, back to back animated here. Um, into the spider or what is it called? The Cross the Spider-Verse. So we did make one superhero movie on there. Into is the first one. Into is the first one. Did you like the first one more than the second one? Yes. Okay, me too. And part of I, it was... The second one was really good too, but it... I don't know. Took a while to get going, I guess. I, th- I think that was the same for me. So like the opening scene, I feel like... I don't know. It's just because I have like ADD or something, but I just see, it seemed like the opening scene, there was just, they were trying so hard for the color contrast of, um, sorry, of the openings. Yeah, of Glenn, sorry. And I just feel like they were almost trying so hard to top their animation, but then it was like, okay, I could see them changing this, going off of her feelings and emotions in that scene. I like that stuff as it it went throughout the movie. Yeah. But I think just the, the level of like, ground zero to the first one like how much your mind was blown to the first one to the second one even though it was a pre- as far as like the animation stuff goes like probably a pretty significant step up again was just didn't feel like as i mean that first one the experience of seeing that first one for the first time is you know one of the hard to top great movie moments you know of mm-hmm. that i've had so um so hard to top that but still still really good still on the list and yeah those two as animated will probably be battling for the or the Oscars, that'll be interesting. And yeah, excited for um, part three, which I do not think is coming this year, even though that's what they said initially. So um, I think we'll have to wait a while for them to yeah, get the animation together for that. They're probably going to push that one. Um, so we go to from two, you know, kind of um, not lighthearted necessarily, but kids movies to um, The Zone of Interest, which is a extremely... Uh, uh, not rough watch, but it's a it's a dark movie. For those that don't know, it's about like um, it's about someone that's working at Auschwitz during the Holocaust and like all this stuff. Um, but it's from the kind of perspective of the of outside of the um, concentration camp. So um, can't say much more than that about it. But it's just like it's a movie I've never seen um, anything like it before, and it's um, yeah, really uh, really affecting. So. Um, would recommend people check that out if you get a chance. Uh, that's is it a tear, up for, tear jerker or is it just kind of like... Not really. It's eerie, just kind of like, like it kind of hits you. Um, okay. It's not... I mean, it's kind of the the yin to the yang of like your Schindler's List or whatever. Like it never shows you what's actually going on, but it's all from the outside and like, you know, who are the people doing this and, you know, what are they doing it for yeah, kind of thing. So um, really interesting um, movie, but that's going to be in the Oscar conversation as well. Um, have you seen my number five Godzilla minus one? Okay. I feel like this is going to be a top. So no, um, you need to see it. Yeah. It's really good. I heard it was not just the best movie of the year, but like one of the best movies in quite some time. Granted, like everyone has their own opinion. So like yeah. on TikTok, I'll be, it's scoring. really good. Yeah. Like a lot of my algorithm is, well, right now it's baby stuff. 
mm-hmm. cooking, some stand-up comic, and then like movie reviews. Uh, Blake's takes. He's an awesome. He's an awesome guy to follow. But um, people will. There's a couple influencers where we want to call them. Um, they're just reviewing and they're like, I don't know if you guys are going to be ready for this. Godzilla minus one is probably one of the best movies I've seen yeah. in a very long time. Um, so I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So this is what I love is it's like every year it seems like there's a movie that comes out of nowhere and it's just like, you're just seeing stuff on, you know, on Twitter or wherever else where it's like, everyone's just like, you've got to see this movie and then you go see it and it, it lives up to the hype. So, I mean, I've liked some Godzilla movies in the past, but this is just, on another level and I, I remember just walking out of that and being like because this is like a i don't know 15 million dollar movie or whatever and it's it's you know japanese it, made and it's all in japanese and all this it stuff tie yeah. into that monster verse no. of like kong and okay no no it's made by the studio that like actually originally did godzilla stuff i think as far as i can understand came out so, in december right but it's japanese um November or December, yeah. Yeah, I know. It was and it like- had a long run. It did great in the box office um, in the U.S. too. So, but I walked out of that. I was like, this just this fifteen million dollar movie puts like ninety percent of our blockbusters to shame. <laughs> like just how not only I mean it was just the the story and the characters and um, really really good. So yeah, you'll like that when you get to it. Um, number four, I've know you I know you have seen, which is Oppenheimer. Mm. Um, we'll talk about it. Number three. Past Lives, um, really good, um, really good movie. Kind of a, um, I guess you'd say it's a romantic movie, but just kind of a drama, um, Korean American, uh, kind of half in English, half in Korean type thing. Kind of a, yeah, not a love triangle, but like a very yearning movie. Um, but so really I'm good. Gonna, I'm gonna pause you because yeah. I feel like. Your one or the two is going to be the same as my possible one, but well, if we haven't got to it yet, I would hope so. Yeah, um, I mean, because I, I think I've I've seen you. I've, I mean, I know you've seen this movie, so Let's okay, see. good. Number two, I'm ready. Number two, the Iron Claw. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was up it? there. I knew it was going to be top two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good, man. What can I say? Um, over under, how many times did you cry? Th- 2.5 at least. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it was over or under, but yeah. I, um... And that's like, I'm not someone that, like if a movie is really effective, you know, for whatever reason, maybe my, maybe I'll well up or whatever, but like the, the salt water streaming down my face in that movie, like I've, I've never had that before. I mean, that is, that movie is something else. So the thing about it was I Similar to, I guess, Godzilla Minus One, where I don't think it was really talked about too much as far as like some of the main anticipated films coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... They messed I mean, up with the marketing, with like... It was A24. It was A24. Yeah. And they had um, a couple others. I mean, Past Lives is A24, um, a few others this year. So, because it should have been more, and I think we'll talk about snubs, but it should have been mm-hmm. just more Oscar buzz um and it kind of it didn't have that but it's it's just yeah. yeah it just fell off um and when we get to oscar talk we'd talk more about it but yeah i i'd say i cried i think three or four times for me it has to be something that's a little relatable but then also like a moving way of like wow that's that's portrayed very well or something like it's yeah. kind of like an emotional but something relatable. not that my brother has passed away or anything that's you mm-hmm. know like but no but you've got but yeah it, it was it there was so many surprises in that film. Um unless you knew the wrestling story, which I think Jeez. a lot of die wrestlers did. 
No, I watched a lot of WCW growing up and uh, WWF, um, but this was back when Ric Flair was young. So this was back in like the 80s um, from, I mean, just from what we've seen in the movie. But before the movie, I watched a couple, like there's a couple like Vice was posted on YouTube about the real story or the tragedy of the Von Eric family. I don't know anything about this. And then you you watch it and you're like, wow, that is not a father of the year candidate. Uh, in that family <laughs> um it's really good i mean i, I cried uh quite a bit plus i'm a huge jeremy allen white fan zach efron yeah as a stud uh oscar talk we'll get to but um yeah it, it was very good it was the last movie we actually saw before we had the the baby there's a movie theater up here mm-hmm. um right by the, the new house and um it was weird going into a different movie theater that you're used to um but no we we watched it uh I think it was like two, two and a half hours. It might have been actually two and a half to three. It didn't feel that long though, but it was, it was very, very good. Really sad. Yeah. Quite a few cheers. Uh, I think that it was the comment at the end where he was like, I used to have, mm-hmm. was it was brothers, something like, yeah. yeah, I used to have brothers. Now I'm not His even kids, a brother. They will be our brother. Will be your brother. Yeah, dude. When I heard that, I was like, oh man, because I'm a dad now. So well, like, and when the, I see kids yeah. and, and stuff, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> And the scene, I don't know if I want to spoil it or anything, but the... It's been out for like three months. The scene on the dock, let's just say that. um, On paper, that scene should not work. Like, that's just kind of jumping the shark in a lot of ways, like going to the, you know, going to the great beyond or whatever. Um, Yeah. And it worked. I mean, they pulled it off. And like that was the first time for me. I was like, geez. Well, Um, did you hear the story of they didn't even include one of the other brothers? There was another one. (laughs) There There was another one. Uh, for the people who don't know, there was another brother. So the Von Erichs were like these huge, no steroids at all, uh, wrestlers in the eighties, and uh, they were massive. They were a wrestling family, and quite a bit of tragedy along the way. And there was this other brother who was not so gifted, I guess, when it came to height, athleticism, looks, skill. I don't want to be too mean, but he just didn't live up to what they were. And uh, they didn't even write him in the film because mm-hmm. I thought I. Heard I think they something... kind of combined him and the other brother, you know, for the young. Yeah, one. and I think I I read somewhere where the the director was like, you know, if we included that, we probably wouldn't have gotten the movie greenlit. Um, I know because it's one of those movies where you watch and you're like, this can't all have been true, right? And it's like, oh, actually, they made it. Actually, they made it less sad <laughs> than the real story. Yeah, like, um, very good. Okay, let's hear your number one. Movie Killers of the Flower Moon. Year. Yep, Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Um, Scorsese. This was my one number, my one five star um, of the movie or of the year, and um, yeah, never really seen anything like it. I think just as a piece of um, American art, it kind of stands alone and is just a massive, massive work. And I have been thinking about it ever since I saw it. So um, I knew you just watched it. You want to talk about it now? Yeah. Um, so. We ended up getting, uh, I've been wanting, I've been kind of wrestling with it for a while, but we got Apple TV Plus and it's Killers of the Flower Moon is on there. Um, so we watched it on Monday and it's a three and a half hour film. Mm-hmm. We stretched it out to about five and a half. <laughs> I had, we had to like pause and like yeah, check, on the, check on the baby and then, you know, dishes and stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm recording tonight. And then like part of me, when you said like, hey, I can't do that, I'm like, all right, great. I can absorb yep. this movie a little bit more. Um, it didn't feel like it was three and a half hours long. Uh, 
it was sad, but I think from an appreciation standpoint, and I'm starting to kind of learn that a little more, either with connecting with you or or, or just watching more movies or Letterbox, where I'm starting to appreciate some film a little more, is the fact that it was portrayed in, it's a true story, spoiler alert, and I think just the way they portrayed it and brought it to screen and made the the viewers kind of engaged with it and of course the cameo at the end when they were mm-hmm. doing the um i don't know what you would call it kind of just the the recap of everything yeah to... it's like the epilogue um but yeah. in a yeah that was the that was what took it you know from you know four and, or four and a half to five for me is just like the way that and i had been you know scorsese pilled for months like just watching mm-hmm. all of his stuff and you know th- just thinking about him and preparing for um for my pot about him. And, um, so that's what I, so I was teed up for it, but, um, to take, you know, cause there was a lot of talk about, you know, should this, you know, old white man be the guy to tell this story. And it's like, no one else, yeah. you know, could tell it to the, with a $200 million budget, like he could, which is, which is true. And, you know, the, all the feedback from the Osage was, you know, that he did as much as he could, but of course, like there's still that, their perspective and, um, hopefully this, you know, empowers that to, to come forward even more, but then he's like, I'm going to put that in the movie and like, be like, the story happens and here's how, you know, we tell it for entertainment. Um, and you know, how they told it about the, you know, these FBI radio shows or whatever they were and how they're using this, you know, tragedy and, um, all these murders for, for entertainment. And that's the same thing that he's doing. And then he actually, you know, spoiler alert comes on the scene. And that was my jaw, my jaw did not drop like in any movie last year, like it did when he stepped up on stage um, and read the last couple lines. Um, so that, um, yeah, the ending more than anything is what um, sticks with me, but you know, amazing uh, performances. It's yeah. It just feels like a, you know, historical story about something that really happened, but that is also a reflection of just like so much of American history. And like, that's why it felt just so kind of massive as a, as a work. So um, that's why it's my number one. Yeah, I um, I, this was one of those movies where like I felt really bad for uh Molly Burkhart and mm-hmm. well in real life, but also in the film because you're watching her husband kind of be torn between you know him being a devoted husband and and, and loving and everything, but then also listening to his corrupt uncle, <laughs> and then it was it was at first he was well. Maybe not at first. Maybe throughout the whole film, he was pretty much just a, a liar. And uh, it, it, I got to this point where I'm like, man, I hope there's a twist where like it starts to get to the end. And she's just like, I've known you've been doing this the whole time. And then he just feels like a complete piece of shit, which didn't happen. Uh, but uh, it, no, did, it, it did. It did, but not kind of did. On the, when, yeah. Yeah. When they were in the courtroom and it was just those two. Um. A very good movie. I mean, that is one that over three hours that I would watch it again. Yeah. Um, it's not, I mean, yeah, people go in it like it is, you know, I would describe just as more of a, a work of art than a entertaining film, right? It's not not entertaining. Like you said, it, it moves um, for a three and a half hour movie, but um, it's not The Departed. You know, it's not like some of his other, it's not Wolf of Wall Street. Like it's not going to give you that, but that's kind of the point as well. Like you have to sit with this. Um, this thing that happened and you have to watch it happen and, you know, see the people that did it and the people that it affected. So um, that's why I just think it's a, yeah, 
important when piece of work. See, when you see the runtime on a film, does that kind of give you hesitation to go see it? Does it turn you away a little bit? Or does it kind of depend on what movie it's going to be? I mean, if it's something like Scorsese, expect yeah, for if I sure trust over the, two and a half. Yeah. If I trust the director, then I'm like the more the merrier. But um, I think we talked about this last time on when you were on with me, but it was like, we need more stuff under two hours. Like this, the 220 is is kind of the, the kiss of death, I feel like, in movies these days. It's like, do you need those extra 20 minutes? I don't know. So, um, but I, I mean, like a, like an Oppenheimer, like a Killers of the Flower Moon, if you're going to make an epic, make a real epic, you know? Um, so I like that. But I think that some of the stuff in the middle is maybe what we, we don't always need, you know, between the 220, 240 uh, range. And there's plenty of good stuff in there too. But um, it seems like that's just kind of the standard of, especially when you click on something on, yeah, on streaming. And it's like, why does this have to be over two hours? Like need more, right? more 90 to 110 minutes man. or whatever. I agree. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I think it depends on the buildup of the film, the director, kind of what it's about. Okay. Then I'm willing to go through, I mean, if it's a true story or something like that, you know, I'm willing to go through a little bit longer, but I remember, and I okay now I remember we did have this conversation and I brought up The Greatest Showman. I was like, you know why this movie was great? It was an hour and a half, maybe hour 40, in and out, pretty captivating film. I'm not even a big musical guy. Actually, I'm not a big musical guy. <laughs> but Greatest Showman, two thumbs up for sure. But I would say um, it depends on the film and the director. Like I, I have a tough time sitting through. If it's streaming, sure, I can pause it, get up, go to the bathroom, make lunch and then dinner depending on how long it is uh for scorsese i'm i'm already anticipating it's going to be two and a half to three hours yeah but yes bring back bring back like the two to 220 you know or two mm -hmm. cool even 90 minutes nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that at all let um, me see there are a few others i wanted to throw out just kind of as recommendations um from the year i don't know if you've watched any of these um but honorable mentions not necessarily like 11 through 15 but just ones that i really like that i think people should check out um ferrari with adam driver i heard really it was good. supposed to be one of the best car movies um i'm not a big car movie guy either i mean yeah. I, I didn't see ford versus uh wait what was the one versus ferrari mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say it was ford versus ferrari but ferrari was adam driver and so yeah i mean not a, i mean there's a good number of cars but it's not really about the cars i guess um but really good um dumb money i don't know if you saw that oh that's my boy mm -hmm. dano All so dano. entertaining great uh airplane movie i watched it on an airplane oh nice theater camp one of the funnier uh movies of the year really good um about a bunch of kids going to camp um going to theater camp Great for I wasn't even a theater guy, but I still got a lot of the jokes. So okay. really good. And then I liked the new, I think it was this year, um, the new Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabin. That was this that was this year. It I think it was early, early this though. year, yeah. Did it go like straight February. to Hulu? No, was I saw it in the theater. Film? Okay. Um yeah, that was uh Batista. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, I might get around to that because that's probably under I think that's under two hours. Yeah, what are your probably. thoughts on M. Night Shyamalan films? <laughs> um, yeah, talk about kind of hit or miss, but um, I think he makes interesting stuff. I mean, for the most part, like I'll go see stuff just because he's, I think, a visionary in a lot of ways. And even if his stuff doesn't always work, it's like he's going for something. 
um, that's interesting and different than, and he's got just kind of more cachet as a director to be able to just keep making his own movies and, you know, not, you know, maybe kind of say what he wants to say instead of being edited to death or whatever. So I don't think his stuff always works for me. Like what was the one on the beach? I didn't think it was very good. Yeah. I haven't seen Um, that one. I was going to. Split was good. Um, Whatever the one after that was not very good. That was Glass because I never saw Unbreakable, so I didn't really relate to Glass. Unbreakable is good. I thought Split was very good. Um, Obviously, I mean, he did Sixth Sense. He did Signs. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, Great. The one that actually, let me pull this because there's one. Uh, The Village, long, slow, okay. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, The Happening, interesting one. Um, Avatar. Avatar last. (laughs) I never actually saw it, but I was watching it. Oh, the visit. That movie I saw. It was a theater. I, the theater I worked at. That was the first movie I saw at that theater. And have you ever seen it? No. Okay. So I guess I can't spoil too much because he always has a twist. I'll give him that mm-hmm. respect. He's a twist. That, but that's the thing about him is now you're like waiting for it. You know, in a way. You're waiting for it. So and you're hyping it up so much. But you just don't know what the twist is going to be. I guess that's hence the name twist. Um. So. <laughs> Uh, I would I would say see it before I kind of mention it, but um, basically a, a young brother or sister are dropped off at their grandma and grandpa's house, um, and they're just going to stay there, and the grandma and grandpa are going to watch them for the week while the mom is away, and there's it, it, it is pretty scary. I'll give you that. Um, but there's a part in there where you can sense everyone in the theater just... Like in silence, once once it happens. So, I would say watch it. I don't even know if it's on any streaming services, but um, came out in twenty fifteen. Pretty, it's it's pretty creepy. I will say that it's pretty creepy. Um, what else did he come out with? Six. Yeah, I feel like I should do a deep dive on him at some point. It's not like he has too many movies. I mean, I didn't see old. Um, you can pass. Okay, I would say, I'll yeah, pass. I like Knock at the Cabin better than old. Okay. For sure. Yeah, that was, yep. Yeah. Okay, I should I should definitely. Yeah, this wouldn't be like a, a tough one to get through because he's only got like, not too many. Not too many like notable ones at least. Um, I am surprised you didn't have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on your top 10. It's okay. Um, I haven't seen it yet either, so it's it's totally fine. So it's do you from- think it's just over for superhero movies? Like, I don't know, man. Like, because the DCEU, whatever you want to call it, is is like done. So like your your Batfleck, your your Henry Cavill. But then I heard the director wants to do a new Superman with Henry Cavill, and then Wonder Woman. I I didn't see Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, but I heard it was trash. Oh man, terrible. Um, it's gonna be a new Superman, not Cavill. Right, I heard that too, but then I thought I saw some post. No, they cast someone already. This is also coming from me, the person who <laughs> said when we did House of the Dragon podcast. Like, I saw an uh, article where they said there's no dragons in season one. <laughs> and opening clip, there's two dragons flying in the air. Watch out for your fake so probably, news. Yeah, so probably don't uh, don't listen to me too much. But uh, I don't know what's up with superhero movies anymore, man. I, I really hope. I feel uh, like I'm free. I didn't see Aquaman. I didn't see Marvels. I haven't been watching any of the shows. Um, I want to watch. Did anything else even come out this year? I don't. 
No, I, I do I do want to watch Echo because it doesn't really look like a superhero show. It just looks a little more like brutal. But it is one of those things like we talked about before. Like, do we really need this? Like, what are we doing here? But I heard it was I good. didn't watch Loki. Loki was very, very good. Season two? I, yeah. Okay, I didn't watch season two. Loki was very, very good. I'll give you that. Um but Majors is out. If they go John David Washington, maybe that get me back in. <laughs> Um, what's coming out this year? It's uh, Deadpool, Deadpool 3 with Wolverine. I'll watch it eventually. Which, there's supposed to be a trailer dropping soon-ish? I don't know. I never know anymore with them, man. I think it is one of those things where, you know, we were so spoiled with, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, and then you had, you know, Chris Evans, and, and that whole phase what was that phase one and two phase two and three maybe the whole infinity war saga we were spoiled with that and now it's like nothing can live up to that hype so superhero movies they just don't really do it for me anymore yeah but you haven't seen madam web yet <laughs> damn i might go yeah. watch it just for the lols it looks cool i mean sure but it's all <laughs> sony it's like everything's sony so then you have craven the hunter coming out i'll see it sony but... might have the best thing working with spider-verse yeah, I think there was some other conversation how um they're having again they're having some type of um Disney and Sony are having some type of disagreement with using Spider-Man and and whatnot. So here we go again. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with superhero movies. They're just they're there. Um but no, good I, I haven't I seen Yeah, good rins, man. I haven't seen the last couple ones anyways and I'm not like too bummed about it I, I feel like there's so many other films out there to watch so i don't know um okay now i guess we can kind of get into something before we get to the award season which is sure right here um there's always that ongoing conversation streaming versus physical copies what's your physical copy collection up to of dvds i should have counted before this um i got a nice criterion haul for christmas so that was nice um I don't know, probably close to a hundred, okay, which is modest, but we'll continue building. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely. I mean, but beginning of last this time last year, I probably had like twelve. So you know, it was a pivot for me, um, and I just kind of felt like, partially with the strikes going on, and then you know, just some of the streaming, you know, price changes, and just watching stuff go off of services. I'm like, when it comes to movies, if there's something I know I'm going to want to watch, I'm going to get a physical copy. So. Um, I found, you know, great ways to get stuff like that. eBay, other kind of secondhand places. And then there's places that you can get, you know, more uh, premium sets or whatever too. So kind of a mix of those depending on on the movie. But um, yeah, it was like, you know, I know I'm going to have to have a streaming service or two for certain shows I want to watch or whatever. But um, I was like, I'm I'm getting off the hamster wheel of, of all these subscriptions and I'm going to just have stuff uh, ready to go. So I've got my... Got my 4K player. I just watched Dune like last week on it. It was great. Um, and I've got, you know, I'm going to continue to build what I what I need to be able to be self-sustaining on the on the movie front. So are they mainly yeah, uh, are they mainly 4K Blu-ray? Mostly Blu-rays. I've probably got like 15 to 24 Ks and then Blu-ray. I, I don't think the difference is too important unless it's something that I feel like the primary um selling point i guess is is more of the visual side um that i'm like i might as well you know get the 4k um if i can so um but i'm fine with blu-rays as well 
Uh, it's supposed to upscale a little bit too. So, you know, yeah. either way, um, it's going to be are pretty you, good. So are you more of like a collector's box or just individual? So I say like, oh, here's all the Marvel phase two, or here, here's a Lord of the Rings collector's box with extended cuts, blah, blah, blah. Or do you want the individual like? Yeah, I don't care too much about presentation or, or those sorts of things. So, um, there's some like Criterion is a, a you know a, a company that does a lot of releases of old stuff or specific director collections and those sorts of things. So those I will um, splurge on because it's sometimes it's the only way to get the movie, but other times it's you know got some cool features and stuff that come with it, and it feels like it's um, an important enough film to do it do that for. But you know for the most part, if if I just find a Blu-ray for four ninety nine on eBay of you know. I got each of the individual like first three pirates of the Caribbean, you know, like I've um, just got the individual Blu-rays and stuff. So I was like, sometime this year, I'm going to watch those again. Um, Cause I feel like the first three, like that was a underrated. Um, I mean, at the time it was a huge deal, but looking back, it's like, we don't know how good we had it with those, um, those first three, at least I have not seen, I think I saw the fourth one. I think, was there another one? I didn't see the, whatever so the most the recent fourth, one. Uh, I watched the fourth one last year, actually. Um, it's so crazy because we did the same thing. Like we went, like we, we'll go through. Hey, let's let's rewatch like one, two, and three or whatever before, or one and two before we see three. Same with like Harry Potter's. Um, but looking back, like when we rewatched the first one, like it was so ahead of its time when it came to special effects, especially the second one. It holds up, yeah. Um, yeah, and it does it does hold up? The fourth one was called Stranger Tides, and it's about the Fountain of Youth with Penelope Cruz. I saw that one. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, and it was fine it was okay i mean it, it gets it's hard because i feel like some of those other than like the best trilogy of all time lord of the rings um the i Hobbit. think i'm gonna continue <laughs> and i think it's one of those things where like the more like the next one that comes out you're gonna start to kind of either it might get watered down or you're just gonna start to compare or at least i do like when i saw the third one of pirates of the caribbean i thought it was very good um but I think it still goes one, two, three, four in that. Order I think two might be the best one, but yeah, I was, um, yeah. Like you could ask me again. And three at the time two. was like awesome, but it's like you look back on it, like objectively, you're like it's not as good as the other two. Three um, had the best. So. Um, I think three had the best action scenes, maybe. Um, but two, yeah. I mean, two story and then two special effects were, were pretty incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm trying to get to like, you know, only having one um, kind of streaming service, you know, that I pay for at a time. So sometimes it'll be two, like Paramount Plus for whatever reason. It's like I subscribed in like August or something. And every time I try to cancel, like here's another free two months. So I'm like, okay, I'll take that. But I don't know, all these places, I think that there's something in the uh, business education or I don't know what it is, but they've decided that everything is a subscription, something about the subscription model. Like they think that's the way to get money out of people. Um, everything's a subscription now. It's like, you can get subscriptions to restaurants. You can get, I mean, one thing I'll say on the, on the good side is like even movie theaters have subscriptions. Like I, I have the last couple of months I've had an Alamo 1999 season pass. Um, so if you see two movies in a, and you can just see as many movies as you want. Um, so if you see two movies in a month, you're good. So like for this time of year, um, it's been great to uh, knock off some of these awards and award Alamo, movies and stuff. Uh, Alamo Draft House. Yep. Yep. So um, that's what the the brewery theater I worked at. Um, it it was based off of that because I think like that's like the Texas thing is sit down and eat. 
movie theaters. Um, so it's based off of that. I've never been in one. Um, so I'm assuming it has alcohol. Does it have food as well? Yep, it's got like kind of a full menu. Um, they've got just popcorn and stuff too. Like the food's expensive. So like if you're going to yeah. go there all the time, it's like you got to look. Like I'll just get a popcorn and a drink or whatever, or even nothing sometimes if I'm just trying to make the most of. That's my mission though, is I'm like, if they think that they can get one over me because I'm going to have all these subscriptions or whatever, if I'm going to have a subscription, I'm going to make sure I use it more than you know it's worth or whatever so that I get. So that's yeah. why I rotate the streamers or do that with the movie theater. And um, even Panera has this weird drink thing that I'm on right now. So <laughs> it's like you get unlimited drinks. Um for eleven ninety nine, but you get the first two months free. So I'm on a, fir- a free two months right now. You can just go get like iced coffee or a lemonade or whatever for free every day. So we'll see how much I get out of that. But they're not gonna they're Panera not gonna does, take advantage of me. No, if they do something with their Red Bull, uh, their their Soup Bowl, some type of membership, I'm in it every fall. Um, I don't go to Panera that much, but when I do, it's definitely I need like the chicken wild rice in the bowl or the tomato soup and just dip the bread in there. Pretty solid. So what streaming services do you use now? Like right now, I've still, got that, I've still got that Paramount Plus thing rolling, um, right. which is nice. They've got a bunch of old A24 stuff. So I'll, you know, if I'm looking for something, I'll check one of those out. If I'm looking for something I haven't seen before. Um, I do have, I was off of Max for probably like six months. I'm on it right now because of True Detective, um, but that probably won't last beyond the next couple of weeks. So... Then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did get Netflix for a little bit in the like holiday season with, you know, they had a number of releases that were kind of awards uh, contenders and stuff. So I had to check those out. Um, but yeah, it's uh, no more than, you know, one or two a month type thing rotation um, that I'm on. So I write down, you know, when's the expiration date, make sure you cancel yeah. all that kind of stuff. So um, smart. Yeah, it's, I don't, I, I used to be like, I always have Max because I thought it was the best when it was more HBO Max, but it's kind of fallen off. That was kind of my sign to like pivot to physical media when I was like a lot of the movie catalog that used to be on here isn't on here anymore. You know, I see a lot of stuff getting outsourced different places. So I'm like, I'm not going to rely on these services to have what I want to watch. So I'm just going to make sure I get it for myself. That's good. Yeah. I mean, what was it like last year or something when all of the DC uh and fox and warner brothers or not foxes dc and warner brothers all went to max and they ended up having i think like theatrical releases on there but like a week or two after the the opening weekend so i thought well that was the whole thing with doing part one was they were doing day and date like so the day it premiered it also was on max um, or hbo max at the time so they did that for a whole year um of 2021 i think it was so um but that was just a COVID thing, um, so they don't have that anymore, which I think is good, you know, to have the, the- theatrical window um, restored. So, yeah, yeah, we have. Gosh, first off, it's good to be able to manage your subscription. So, like, I do the same thing. I write mine down of of, of what we have, and then uh, when I'm billed and how much it is and whatnot. I guess that's being a responsible adult. But <laughs> um, we share a couple, but uh, we don't have Netflix. We have. Let's see. So we have Hulu, um, uh, Max, and uh, I mean, I have ESPN Plus, but that's I just pay that annually, which is it's it's okay. Um, I mean, they have all your thirty for thirties. They have a lot of live sports on there. Um, they have pretty much every UFC 
event if I ever want to watch one. But their prices just keep going up like every streaming service. Yeah. So you kind of have to weigh your options out. Like you've said before, it's like, all right, the prices are going up, but the content is not. So like, what what do you want me to do here? And um, I have Peacock because it's like five bucks. I have every Office episode and, and Parks and Rec, all your NBCs. And then there's a couple like Peacock exclusives. Like we watched Dr. Death. Uh, this year, seasons one and two, pretty good show. I'd recommend. It's pretty interesting. Um, true story. I think it's based actually off of the Doctor Death podcast, and it's really each season. I mean, there's only two, but I'm pretty sure they're going to do this because it's been pretty successful so far. But um, it was the that was the exclusive of that streaming service. So you probably know, but pretty much any time a streaming service is announced or or starts, there has to be like one solid. You know, like, hey, here's our original. Like for Disney Plus, Mandalorian was the first show that came out there. Like that's what they launched with. Peacock, I, I think it was Doctor Death. I'm not sure, yeah. but I mean, it was, um, it was mostly just getting the Office for Peacock. It mainly, honestly, it was mainly yeah, yeah getting that. And you're like, hey, let's do let's do an original on here. Pretty good show though. Um, and then we have uh, I just just joined Apple TV Plus because I wanted to see it or I wanted to get it for a while. There's a couple originals on there I want to see, and then they also have. Um, they have like fairly newer films too. I mean, Killers of the Flower Moon's on it. Napoleon's going to be on there, I think, in a week. Napoleon or was pretty good too. I like Napoleon. I know. I had. I just didn't. It was a timing thing, man. Like, because it came out on Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. and my mom was in town. She was here for like a week, and then we had the baby shower, and then it was just we were just so busy. I didn't get around to seeing it. I really wanted to see it. Um, but uh. Yeah, I mean, Apple TV Plus so far is pretty good. There's some originals I want. I haven't seen Ted Lasso. Um, I'd like to see... Um, it's actually it's called C. I started it. It's got Jason mm -hmm. Moa. Um, it seems pretty cool so far. Yeah, I never watched um, it. It kind of tracks the typical Jason Moa film where he's like a brutal barbarian wild man. And, you know, it's it, it fits him. Um, yeah. But... I've got a, I've, I'm having more and more of a tough time of like committing to a TV show. If I know, you know, you'll see a, a short series or whatever that's like eight episodes, hour long. I'm like eight hours. Like if I don't know it's going to be good, yeah, I could watch four movies during that time. Or do I want to watch eight hours of TV? You know, so I can, um, I can so I'll that. watch a few. You know, I I've got my certainly my rotation of um, stuff I'll watch. You no, know, like like a True Detective, no matter what, and you know when you know Rings of Power and um, House of Dragon come back and Andor and all those things for sure. But um, but beyond that, I unless it's kind of getting unless the best of the best, like this could be our transition to award stuff. But like the Bear, Beef, yeah. and Succession, like winning everything at the Emmys, I'm like, yeah, those are three I watched because I'm like, I knew that they were, you know, everyone was saying they're the three best, you know, things or whatever. So um, uh, don't don't forget White Lotus. White Lotus, yes. No, I'm joking. Actually, <laughs> you can it, honestly. It's no, I don't think it's as good opinion. as those other ones, but I've watched it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I, and I'll watch the next season when it comes out. It's fine. I just think it's overhyped a little bit, but I agree. It's good, especially hey, by I, the awards. I wanted to ask you kind of about the awards. So, um, well, two things, I guess. So, so for the Golden Globes, the it happened what like a month ago, maybe maybe three early January. Ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those awards were based off of what year? Because I heard it was based off of season one of The Bear and not season two from last year. So that was the Emmys was season one. It's all messed up. So I think the Golden Globes should have just been pretty normal um, 2023. 
um, for the okay. most part. Maybe so a bit of a shifted window. Then the Emmys but the Emmys previous? was delayed because of the strikes. Usually the Emmys is in the fall, and that's TV only. And so right. the Emmy window is what they like all plan their stuff around. So that's why like Succession and all these other shows were all and Barry and um, Better Call Saul, like they were all coming out at the same time because they were trying to hit that Emmy window, which is like the end of May through the rest, like through following May. Um, it's weird. So, or, or June 1st or whatever. So it's not like a normal year, like all these other things. So yeah, it's all messed up. So like the Emmys that just aired was for almost two years ago now. So like it was, yeah, summer of 2022. Yeah. Through like okay. spring of 2023. So is it just, it's just always going to be off then? So yeah, it was weird. So the bear won like a bunch of stuff at the Golden Globes for season two and then at the Emmys for season one. <laughs> Yeah. So next year for the Emmys, they're going to win more stuff for season two. They're going to. I think but then season, season three will come out. I think season three is scheduled for this year. I thought I just saw like post. Yeah, I think so. The, shout out to the bear. I know it's not that long of episodes and stuff, but so many of these shows, it's like, whatever happened to getting a, sh a season out every year? Like, why can't we do it? But the bear does every time. Uh, so I appreciate them. Part of it's, like, I guess you can see like the anticipation. I mean, similar to like if your favorite artist, uh, Kendrick Lamar, for example, I know you're diehard Kendrick mm -hmm. fan, which I respect. It is one of those things where like your favorite artist doesn't drop an album every year. But maybe music and yeah. it's a little hard to compare that. But but to your point, yeah, season, yeah. Like, give me one every year. But even Game of Thrones, like until the last couple of seasons, it was every year on the it same day. Every you know what I mean? It was every year. So, and now it's like, we got to wait two years for a, you know, Rings of Power season two or whatever. So um, I know that there's a lot of, you know, there's COVID and there's the strikes and there's all this other stuff too. But it does seem like the, <laughs> there's no TV season anymore like there used to be where it's just like you know similar to the school year there'd be you know network tv would have their their season um a few shows are like that but for the most part it's all that stuff production you know pre and post production stuff i think is just totally shifted but the bear and I, I think the first year it was like they made it and shot it and released it in like six months or something like it was crazy so how good is that show yeah it's it's it lives up to the hype for sure. Um, season two was was awesome, um, and I'm excited for season three. This is it will be interesting. It's you know one of those shows where now all your stars are getting so many more opportunities and stuff. So how long can you keep it together? I don't know, um, but good for them if they're even getting you know getting if they're getting season three this quick. That's you know that's an accomplishment with how much, especially those three main leads are are doing. I cried in season two. <laughs> Something's wrong with me, man. I don't know what it is. It was it was the end of um, it was the last episode where everything's just going. I mean, they had the, the opening of the new restaurant, and then it was um to see the uh, conversation between um, uh, the mom and uh, gosh, mm -hmm. what is his name? It was the mom and her, I guess I'll just view it this way. It was, it was the, the brother-in-law, right? The brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. It was Carmi's mom and Carmi's brother-in-law. And um, just to kind of see like their conversation, like, oh, man, you got to come in. You're going to love us. Like, no, I can't do it. And you're just like, oh, what? And you could just see the transition in Carmi's brother-in-law of like, oh, my gosh, like that must be incredibly painful for you because he was so happy to see her. And then it's just like, how am I supposed to keep this from my wife and everyone that like, 
you're kind of like the guest of honor and you don't want to come in because you feel bad. And I'm just, dang, dude, it's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, and like the little twist of where he's in the cooler and he's taught, he just ranting on, he's pissed off as he always is. And um, next thing you know, like he kind of just says a little too much. And you're like, oh, shit. Claire mm-hmm. Bear's right there. Um, I'm really excited <laughs> to see what's going to happen in season three, though. Um, it's it's a great show, man. And and it's like, are they going to focus on topping season two? Because I feel like they just keep evolving. You know, I mean, you you had opening night. All right, let's see. What are you going to do now? You know, are you going to yeah. cap off of opening night? Or are we going to fast forward a little bit? But you can't fast forward too much because opening night was so chaotic and crazy. Um yeah, I'm that's nice though because they changed the setting enough in the first. You know, the first season is a totally different restaurant, and then this is opening, and now it'll be running it. You know, so yeah, um, so it's got enough of a a difference, I think. Yeah. So great show, though. Yeah, great show, great show indeed. Um, okay, let's just get to award season, man, because I feel like we've hinted at it, and kind of just played with it a little bit. So obviously, the Oscars uh, is the main reason I wanted to have you on here, and that's is it, is it March? Yeah, it's like March 10th, I think. 10th? Okay. Yeah. Now, Oscar snubs, I think my thoughts were, I, I feel like Zach Efron should have been nominated for an Oscar. Okay. Um, what exactly, from your experience, what what do you think qualifies for an Oscar nomination when it comes to an actor or actress? Is it, I've heard like huge change in their their body transformation, like their weight or 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 something something that's just out of the normal for them. So obviously when Leo won, he had to get attacked by a bear in the freezing cold. <laughs> something very out of the norm. Um, or when Christian Bale won for the fighter, which I thought was an incredible uh, role for him, he lost, gosh, I don't even know how much weight, and he just became a totally different person. But what is it? Like, what do you think makes a good nomination? Yeah, it does seem like they sometimes gravitate to just who did the most acting instead of who did the the best acting in a lot of ways. But it's, I mean, it's all the industry people that are doing the voting. So you've got the, you've got the acting guild, you've got the the producers, the directors, the writers, everybody. Um, so it's, I'm sure it, it varies some depending on if you're an actor or not, you know, what do you respond to? Um, but oftentimes it seems the, you know, if you're playing a real historical person that often will you know kind of boost your odds a little bit mm-hmm. if you do it yeah a big a big transmit trans uh transformation a big kind of um sympathetic character in a lot of ways you know think about brendan fraser last year um so it's not necessarily always what i think is the best um acting i guess but that's all in the eye of the beholder so um yeah, I don't. I, it's it's hard to know, you know, kind of year to year. Um, but it does seem like there's a bit of a gravitation towards what is the most not over the top in a bad way, but um, you know, kind of yeah, catchy, show stopping performance in in some form or another. So um, yeah, but it it's it changes a lot year to year. So that's why it's kind of some can be frustrating sometimes because it's like we don't know what is and what isn't it's all made up. So, um, but yeah, there's, I think overall, um, it's a pretty good, 
list um, of nominations between the acting and the directing and the um, and picture and and you know kind of the main ones. I know in this when I first saw the nominations, this was kind of the first thing that jumped out to me. And this was what everyone went crazy for for twenty you know forty eight hours was Margot Robbie not being nominated for best actress and Greta Gerwig right. not being nominated for best director, which right. I would have had them in personally. Um, I think Gerwig is a tougher one to find a spot for in the director field, um, just because there's so many. Um, it's just tough to put her in there over um, over anybody really. Um, Margaret, I mean. The other thing I'd say is both of them are nominated in different categories. So Gerwig is nominated for screenplay and uh, Margot Robbie's a producer on the movie. So with it being nominated for best picture, she's nominated in that way. That's what I was um, going to say. What's interesting is the fact that it's nominated for best picture, but I I feel like almost every year, majority of the, the best picture and best directors are pretty much like if you're nominated for best picture, the director right there. Well, that's where when they change to 10, that can't be possible anymore, you know? So that's why... I think that since there's 10 nominees for best picture, there's only five for best director. So I think that that I I'm glad it has that I'd expand the other categories. Actually, I think six would be fine in all these. Um, but because of that, it's easy to point to like, why did it get nominated for this and not this? I think Margot Robbie has a better case for best actress just because that movie, if there's one person that movie doesn't work without it's her um, and to actually make Barbie a likable, sympathetic, funny, you know, endearing character. Like I don't know if anyone could have pulled that off except for her. Um, but she's I mean, she's been nominated before. She'll be nominated again. Like she's doing fine. Um, but she's the one where a couple of these nominations, like Annette Benning for Nyad, like Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, like I would have taken either one of them out um and put Margot Robbie in or Greta Lee um in in past lives. So that's my biggest gripe, I think, but um, it's hard to, I mean, Barbie got a bunch of nominations and is the biggest movie of the year, so you can't feel too bad for them. Yeah, I agree. I would agree. Well, Ryan Gosling got nominated. Which yeah, well, so that's I'm the thing. Happy so for. I don't mind him as much. I think that's why it felt weird is that him and America Ferreira were nominated. Yeah, um, that one was interesting. And that's too. the one where i mean she's good in that movie but not i don't think anyone saw that coming so that's why it's hard because often those comedic performances don't get rewarded at all so it's like why'd you put these two in and not margot robbie so um yeah that was that was the one if we look at supporting um let me scroll down to supporting yeah so, I, got him, I got him pulled up here too um I mean, Divine Joy, Joy Randolph's going to win this for the holdovers, which is well deserved. Um, but between Jodie Foster and America Ferreira, um, I could have taken either of them out. For America Ferreira, I just, just don't get it at all. Like why that would be where you where you go for your acting nomination out of Barbie. Um, so that's that's weird to me. I think um, she did. She did. But I don't know. She's what, good. What she's, was? Yeah, but what she was, was like a pleasant surprise in that movie. But what was the scene um, in there that that gave I mean, her that it's nomination? the whole speech. But that's the part that's the most over the top of the whole thing, too. So my wife said um, the same thing. So I'll support you. I mean, it, it it landed, but it's just also like the most kind of. I don't want to say anything negative about it, but because I, I, I think know. it landed, I but it, but then that's. Of course, that's what they would grab as the awards bait thing. You know, that's what I mean. So, um, but when you watch Ferrari, Penelope Cruz in that movie is unbelievable. She's great. Uh, so she's who I would have for Best Supporting Actress in that 
Field instead of America Ferrera. And um, yeah, she's she's really, really good in that movie. So um Did you see uh did you see Poor Things? I've not. Um okay. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't really I'm not that interested, I guess. I like yeah. Yorgos, um, but the more I've heard about it, the more I'm like, this is probably not my cup of tea. So um I'm sure it's good. If it wins, maybe I'll have to check it out, but I don't think it's going to. But that's the I don't know if we want to go there right now. Let's do a couple more snubs. Um Leo not getting nominated for best actor. I'm a little bit mad about. Um he'll have other opportunities. You could say it's maybe not his best performance, but it's his most kind of off type performance in a lot of ways. Compare it to some of his other nominations. Yeah. Like, do you um, have any of his other ones pulled up? I can pull them up too. Uh, he I was, was nominated for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He won for The Revenant. Um, he's been nominated several times before that. So um, I think he should have got nominated at least because I just think he's doing something in that movie that he's not done before and that not many people can do just as far as like making himself unlikable in that way. Yeah, um, I mean, if you compare it to his other nominations, says, uh, yeah. like, so he was nominated. I know you mentioned a couple, but he was nominated for Wolf of Wall Street, right? I think so. Okay. Um, if I were that compare... was a t- well, I would have taken Bradley Cooper out. Honestly, I did not like Maestro, but yeah, um... I saw your I saw your tweet about him. <laughs> it was uh, what was it? You said something like, "What, what was your tweet again?" It was something about like he seemed I don't know, like I he was a lot. he was trying. Yeah, you're an avid tweeter, um, volume tweeter. It was you, you had a you had a comment about. Um, I forgot who you mentioned in comparison to him, but you said he was basically someone just trying to be a role instead of someone was acting out a role. Maybe? Yes. Oh, yeah, I did have. Yeah. I, what did I say? It was very insightful. Um, it was it was good. I just don't know why I can't. Think yeah, it, right it was <laughs> kind of doing an impersonation versus like creating your own character. Or like that's what it was. Yeah. I almost and that's I think I was comparing to Adam Driver, who I think is very good in Ferrari, where it's like. I would rather have instead of you just trying to like look like the person looked in an old video um, and like talk like they talked, like actually create a compelling character that whether they're a hundred percent accurate or not is less what I'm concerned about than like you kind of, yeah. Embodying something and bringing it to the, um, to the screen instead of, yeah. I think, I mean, I think the Freddie Mercury like um, thing is always, um, Freddie Mercury, Rami Malek thing, like, mm-hmm. is always an example of that, and um, and there's been others, but I think there's a fine line between you know, like, best actor and best impersonator, and often I think best impersonator is what wins at these awards, and that's I, I think that Killian Murphy and Oppenheimer is a good example too of yeah, I don't know if that's actually you know what Oppenheimer, and he's you know less in the spotlight than some of the other people, but. Um, I feel like he created, you know, like we got to know him through the performance instead of like, what is our preconceived notion of this person? And, oh, you look kind of like him and sound kind of like him. And now, you know, we associate yeah, like you with you, him. Yeah. How do you scale it to your point? Like, I don't, you know, I wasn't really an expert of Oppenheimer before that. So it is, he looks like him, I guess, sounds like him from some interviews, maybe, but he's also a phenomenal actor. So it's hard to say. I mean, I, I haven't seen the holdovers, but from the hype I'm seeing online, I think Paul Giamatti's probably 
one of the more favorites. I don't know. I I didn't see. It's either going to be GM. I don't know if you want me to. T- I I listen to a lot of like Oscar uh, prognostication, like podcasts and stuff. So That's a lot good. of the stuff now that so many awards have already come in. Um, who knows? I could be wrong, but a lot of this stuff we have a pretty good idea who's going to win. Um, yeah, and even just from the Golden Globes, it's like yeah, either. Killian Murphy or, or Giamatti. Um, I will mention Jeffrey Wright. That's the other best picture uh, movie I still need to see is American Fiction, and I'm excited to check that out. But um, Killian Murphy's going to win this. Well, we'll find out from the Screen, screen Actors Guild Awards too because normally <laughs> yeah. that's a good indicator, True. and that's before the Oscars because it's pretty much whoever wins that. Mm, you probably take it. It might be. Well, let me ask you this because you, I don't know if you watched the Emmys or just, watch, or just followed it, but it was the thing where the bear beef and succession won like just almost everything oh they cleaned house um and last year everything everywhere all at once a movie that i loved um but it felt almost a little bit too it's like you discover something and then like the world also discovers it and it's like in a way you almost i don't know it gets overexposed in a way i guess i still think that movie holds up and is really good but it was like i have a bone like too much I, uh, I don't felt think like too Jake, much in a lot of ways. I haven't seen it, but from <laughs> the clips I've seen, I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis probably should. Oh no, no, yeah. no, no! That's the one. That's, that's the one that I. That's yeah. I was like, mm. um, Stephanie Shu, who is also in that movie, should have won if anyone from um, supporting one from that. So, but good for Michelle Yeoh. Good for yeah. Kira Kwan. Um, oh yeah. But like, it swept so much stuff last year. We might be in for that for Oppenheimer too. Um, but I wonder. I'm like, they would never do this, but I'm like, if I was making the rules, I'd be like, when I cast my ballot, I can only vote for one movie in three categories or whatever limit you put on it. Um, and I have to then choose, like, what are the actual best parts of this? And whether that's for the nomination process or for the winners, I don't know, or, or both, but I think it would prevent some of that stuff and like spread things around. Now that's not a fair you know, if something's that good, it should win, I guess, that much stuff. But I do feel like sometimes people don't watch everything and then they just, oh, Oppenheimer is my favorite movie of the year. I'm voting for it in every category type thing. So mm-hmm. I'd rather have a little bit more spread the wealth and like, what are the actual categories that make something great than, you know, just the consensus of, oh, we decided this is the best movie and it's going to win eight or 10, you know, awards. So, um, famously return of the king one you know and everything that it was nominated for which i agree with but (laughs) but i but i think it makes for a boring show like when you know it got to that point last year where it's like oh okay everything everywhere all wants is winning everything so um yeah i would like to see something that would help and i think most years it it gets more spread out so we'll see what happens this year i hope hope it gets spread out i know i think i think a direct a, a picture director um actor sweep for oppenheimer is is likely at this point does Christopher Nolan have an Oscar? No. I didn't think Not so. Not for director, at least. I don't know if he's got any like writing ones. I don't think so. Best picture? No. Uh, yeah, I don't think he had. I, I feel like that, that was mentioned when it came out, and it was like, hey, we're going to get Christopher Nolan's first Oscar yeah. or something like that. Tenet um, snubbed. So I'd be fine with it. I mean, like I said, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon would be my pick, but um, Oppenheimer would be a deserve. I just rewatched it last weekend. Like, it would be a deserving winner um i think when i think about that movie the parts that stand out to me are more of the direction than the maybe story or um 
the performances are good. Here's what I here was my take after watching that was instead of Robert Downey Jr., you know who I would nominate for best supporting actor? Um oh Josh Hartnett. He was good too. Damon. He's, Damon was very good in there. Damon's good at that. Damon, Damon brings an energy to that movie that like I just I think that without him it is a lesser movie. So and Downey I don't know. He's maybe he's maybe that's why he's going to win. It's kind of the overacting thing. He's doing a little too much for me at times in that movie, but he's probably yeah. going to win too. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he does. I, I liked him, but Damon was good too. Um, that was one of those movies. I remember when you, myself and Cam talked about it mm-hmm. back when it was announced, we're like, I'm looking forward to this one. And it was like almost every week it was announced. Oh, yeah. a new actor's in a new actor's like, geez, like look at the, look at this Josh build right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, all right. So this is. I, I will say, that, speaking of someone nominated for Oppenheimer, I don't love Emily Blunt in that movie. Yeah. Um, so I don't think she's going to win, but as far as supporting actor goes. Um, so just saying that. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, geez, I don't know who's going to win that category then. At It'll be so Divine Joy Randolph for support, Yeah, that's right. You mentioned that. Okay, so let's let's just run through the big hitters. Yep. Who's taken actor in a leading role? You're thinking Killian Murphy. Yeah, it's between Giamatti and Killian. Um, I would guess it'll be Killian. Okay. Supporting role actor. Robert. Ooh, which one? Yeah. Um <laughs> De Niro's good in that movie too. Um this one I'd be very surprised if it's not Downey with with I have not seen American fiction, like I said I want to, but I like Sterling K. Brown a lot. But maybe I don't know if there's a Ruffalo run, but um it is this- kind of I I mean Gosling is great in that movie too. Um, but it does look kind of silly to have him here with these other ones, um, but comedy's hard too. Like, and so I think, I think I think people deserve to be rewarded for that. But it's just it yeah. looks kind of out of place. I think that's a win um, in itself. Where, like you said, like how is he? I mean, it was a comedy. <laughs> be but hilarious if you want. His role in there was so different, so fun. Didn't really seem like him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to ask that too. I think each year, um, this knowing you through the years you'll kind of bring up the, oh, it's going to be so-and-so versus so-and-so in this category. Um, it does seem a little bit more like Killian Murphy's more than likely going to take that supporting role. Does that seem like we have a battle between De Niro and Downey Jr.? I would be, I haven't heard much more... for De Niro. Um, I'd be, okay. I mean, maybe Ruffalo, um, but... I don't. I, I guess I think Downey's won everything so far. Um, so I don't even know who's won in those other categories, um, at the other awards where they're more split up. So, but I think I know Downey's won just about everything he can. So, um, but that leads to the one that I am. If if there was one where it's like you can pick who wins an award, um, my category would be actress in a leading role, and it would be Lily Gladstone. Yes, I would agree. I really liked her. That movie um, is. She carries it in a. I mean, it's there's so much that goes into it with with Leo and Scorsese and De Niro, but um, her when she's on the screen, she's magnetic. When she's off the screen, like it's magnetic, like pulling you and back it to her. Seem like she's trying too hard no, to really. Like, she was not unbelievable. Be herself. Yeah, she was great. She so, was great. I mean, her and Emma Stone have been in different categories for a lot of stuff. Um, for so they've both won a lot. So it seems between the two of them. Um, but that's the one where if I could, um, 
tilt the scales. That's that's the one I'm rooting for the most. Um, first Native American nominated um, for an acting award. Um, so would love to see her win because I think she's the most deserving in that. Um, Sandra Huller is good too. Was she also the first Native American to win a Golden Globe? I know there was Maybe, an article probably, about the Oscars. Yeah. I know that was the first. She had a great speech at the Globes. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I'm rooting for her hard. Um, and that it's interesting. I'd have to look at, you know, I only remember back to last year off the top of my head, but last year that was the big thing too. It was like, what's the most interesting award? It's um, actress in a leading role. And it was between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. Um, and so, you know, for this year, it seems like it's, um, that's one of the most interesting ones too. So that's, it seems like that's been a more kind of, I guess, stacked category than um, even actor in a leading role for recent so who, years. So it's just interesting. So you think it's going to be Lily versus Emma Stone more than likely? Yeah. Okay. I never saw Maestro, so I can't really, can't really give my... You don't need to. Yeah, I didn't think... I like Carrie it... Mulligan generally, but... And she's fine in that movie, but I, she's not... Like, there's no reason for that to be nominated. Okay, you already give your take for supporting role. Cinematography. Oppenheimer, maybe? or This is where... I mean, I would love to see if Killers can win something. This is where I'd love to see it, um, but... Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, Oppenheimer's great. It could be probably between those, those two. It could yeah. be between. Those I have two. not seen these others. I don't know why Maestro's in there again. <laughs> yeah. Costume design, I would like Barbie, but you know, should. why not? It'd yeah, be fun, it be. but um, yeah, I don't know. This this one's kind of a toss up for me. And then I know the big one is directing. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be Nolan. God, I'll, 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 like you're right. I'll Why wasn't Barbie? that right now? Why wasn't yeah. Greta in there? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a really good. Hey, zone of interest. Zone of interest. Anatomy <laughs> of a Fall as well, uh, which is really good. So two internationals in there, um, which is which is great. So, I mean, Greta is the first person to have her first three features all nominated for Best Picture, so she's doing fine. Um, mm-hmm. But didn't get nominated for director for this or little women. So that's unfortunate. But like I said, it's tough when it's 10 for picture and only five for directing, it's tough to get in there. So, um, yeah, but I would be, that's where, like I said, with Oppenheimer, I'm like, what stands out the most to me about this is the filmmaking. Cause it's like when, when they announced, Oh, Christopher Nolan's making this movie, it's about J Robert Oppenheimer and his like autobiography or his biography. Um, it's like he's going to have to pull off some Nolan stuff to make this interesting, you know, Yeah. Um, when yeah, it comes yeah. to the the timelines. And of course he did. Um, and so I think it's, a t- it's, I don't love the last act of that movie. And that's why it's, I think maybe a four and a half instead of a five for me, mm. like the tension just kind of drops in a way. And I think that's intentional, but it just didn't work for me as well as other people. Um, it's like, do I care about his security clearance? Not really, but um but just to manufacture that whole story and keep you, you know, on that your seat and revealing stuff slowly over and over again with the cutting, the classic Nolan, like it's, it's, I don't know if I'd say the best use, but it's a, it's a great use of his style um, to make something more interesting than it is on the page. Um, and so that's why I think he's the the biggest winner of that, of that movie and, and deserves to win, you know, for directing. I can't argue that. Um, Two more. Here's the here's the here's the nail biter. Does I'm just Ken bring home the Oscar this year? 
let me find, I, well it's so, funny so that's so, original song right so that's original so that and what was i made for two barbie nominations same category um uh, billy has been winning everything so she's probably gonna win yeah again, she's probably gonna take that one i think she i don't know if she won a grammy on sunday or if she, i know she performed it she did yeah did she okay um and then best pictures is the the last big one it's probably gonna come down to Actually, let me say the other thing on Oppenheim, on Oppenheimer though that I think is very deserving would be um, original score for for Ludwig. Um, mm. the, that score is great, so um, it's probably going to win for that too. I, I think the Killers of Flower Moon score is really good too, but um, the music is a lot. The music combination of the music and the filmmaking, I think, is what makes that movie um, in a lot of ways. So that would be a very deserving. So, like, if I'm thinking about what are the three things? If I limited myself to three, what would I nominate? You know, what would I vote for Oppenheimer for? It would be director. Well, would I vote for him over Scorsese? I don't know. But um, yeah, he hasn't won. True. Um, pity, pity vote. <laughs> but I think the music, the director, and then I mean, yeah, I don't know if there's a better pick in in lead if um, if Leo's not in there. So um, that's probably where I'd go um, with that. But I just want to shout out. Ludwig Garnson, who I'm a big fan of. So, um, I was scrolling past a little more to look at some categories, and uh, well, there's the screenplays as well, which is always interesting. Sound, I'm assuming Oppenheimer would take sound. Um, oh, it is going against Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, which I haven't seen. That Good yet. movie, is it? It's Tom. Cruise. No longer called Part One. It's just Dead Reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to make a new one different name. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, so, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I know it comes out. It's Oscars are just a little over a month away, or about a month away, actually. So should be should be a good time. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's one of the... I don't even... Who's hosting it this year? I think it's Kimmel again. Okay. They got to get Mulaney on there. Mulaney's funny. I do like Mulaney. I do not like Jimmy Kimmel. Um, I just don't think he's funny. He's and fine. Yeah, he's he's just okay. kind of your. He just comes. Yeah, he's like he's here. The replacement <laughs> level. Yeah. Um. Probably not Chris Rock again. <laughs> Too soon on that. He wasn't even hosting. He was just presenting. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah, that's right. He was hosting. I forgot who was presenting that year. That's the thing. So I was. I mean, I never was super into the Oscars, and then, but as far as drama goes, between that. And the the probably the first Oscars I remember watching live was the La La Land Moonlight fiasco. Speaking of Jimmy Kimmel, um, so all time like live TV moments, you can't get any better than the Oscars. Like you never know what's going to happen. So um, they yeah. might announce the wrong Best Picture winner. They might have someone slap someone and then win Best Actor. Um, you never know what could happen. So on top of just loving movies, like it's a great uh, great drama on television. I'm kind of the same way when it comes to the award shows. It's like, do I really want to, A, do I want to sit and watch this for three and a half hours? Like, we we had the Grammys on because, um, well, part of it is my wife's a huge Noah Khan fan, and he was nominated. And, uh, it, sure, like, it's cool to see, but most of the Grammys is all performances. It's like three performances and then a nomination. So yeah, I was like, they're announcing whatever. all the award winners before the actual show starts. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, and I'm just like, eh, I'm cool, whatever. Um, 
and they didn't even they don't announce all of them. They cut they cut a lot of it out, or they they have awards go out before like TV. That's what I mean. I'm like I've seen it on Twitter yeah. like Killer Mike already won. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, I also saw Killer Mike got arrested <laughs> after he won his third one. I don't know why. I I don't know, but um, he slapped yeah, Chris Rock. We don't. I mean, we don't really watch the awards. We'll watch the Oscars. I, I think last year we watched it. Um, I was actually in Nashville with my buddy, and we had it on at the Airbnb. I'm like, you know what? Sure, I'll have it on. But that slap kind of brought back some viewers. I would say. <laughs> oh I yeah. Mean, you know, it gives you some drama. To be I afraid. never. I mean, the people that were even watching it live, I'm like, I didn't know I had so many friends that watched the Oscars because I'm getting texts and stuff, and like group chats are going off. I'm like, wow, people are are tuned in. Yeah, that was one of the craziest live moments I think I've seen on on TV. And, and they just let him stay there and win the award. Well, nobody. Yeah, there was a couple. It's like, oh, can you just imagine what his what he was feeling when his name got announced to, for for best actor? It's like, let me just walk up there. He knew he was going to win the whole time too. It's like, just all did, you had to do is not. Did you see King Richard? Yeah, it was good. He's good um, in it. I mean, I don't know if it's... I don't remember what else was nominated that year, but it was fine. Yeah, I didn't see it yet. Um, I think it's on Max, actually, or it's somewhere. I, I know I've seen it somewhere. Um, on, on the few streaming services I have. But All right, so 2024, Dune, obviously Dune Part 2, you're looking forward to. What's another big movie that you're you're kind of hyped for? Is it mainly just Dune? Yeah, I've not thought much past Dune. Um, I know that the trailer came out recently for Furiosa, um, so I'm excited about that. Mad Max, um, Anya Taylor-Joy as Furiosa, so prequel, directed by George Miller. So excited for that. Um, Bong Joon-ho has a new movie coming out. It's been delayed, but it should still come out in 2024. So I'm excited about that, starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, Mickey 17, I believe it's called. So um, yeah, but that's the, you know, to bring it back to the awards, it's like, that's kind of the good thing about following all this stuff is like stuff gets premiered and there's buzz around stuff at the festivals. And it's like the best way to kind of know what the good movies are going to be for the year is to kind of like listen for that kind of stuff that the buzz that comes out ahead of time. Like mm -hmm. I remember when Parasite came out, I was hearing about Parasite from like the spring and it didn't release in the U S until like, I don't know, later, maybe six months later or whatever. So by then I was, you know, so anticipating it and I didn't know much, you know, about Bong Joon-ho or anyone at that time, but I was just like, you know, if you follow the right people and you, you know, listen for what's getting, you know, if you, you know, all movies are subjective. So like, if you have that, you know, generally like what critics like feel, which no one's going to agree on everything, but, you know, I tend to gravitate more towards that. Um, then that that's the great thing about it is it's, it's unknown. When I look at my top 10 for the year, I mean, I knew I was anticipating Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and Spider-Verse, probably six, four out of 10 were like going into the year. I knew that these were coming out. The other six, it's like they came up out of, not out of nowhere, but like they come up and surprise you and you, you know, you keep an open mind to what people are really, you know, raving about and are excited about and, you know, who knows what you're going to discover in a year. So excited for 2024. There's certainly a few different big um, sequel type things, Dune, Furiosa. Um, I was trying to pull up the list of just kind of the main I things. Gotta, I have Where are you at on the here. Planet of the Apes? Um, yeah, so I want to ask you about that. So I've seen 
the three of the remakes of like the newer. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Rise. They're of all the good. Apes. I could not tell you like what happens in each one compared to the others. I don't remember Other than the, the very, first one. The first I one remember I remember. The, but. the first one was great. I don't remember the third one. So it goes Rise, um, Kingdom, and then World. Of, no, something of the something of the or it, this one. Kingdom of the yeah. This one's Kingdom of this the King. Planet of the Apes, but then the one Dawn. Was, there was a Dawn. Okay, I might. I might actually just pull there was up a dawn. There was a rise, here. and I was like, "Do these come in correct order?" I don't know. <laughs> well, James Franco's in the first one, and yeah. then the second one is more in the future, and then the third. I thought they were done with the third, and then all of a sudden we saw the trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I'll see it. I like it. I always like the visual effects of it. Um, it's fun. Oh, it was Rise, Dawn, and War of the Planet of the Apes. That's right, War. Okay, um, which you would think War would be the last one. I don't know why yeah. you have another one. Um, that one. I well, this is supposed to be like hundreds of years later, yeah. Okay. I'll I just don't really care. Like, I, I mean, call me speciesist or whatever, but I'm like, I kind of need people to be in the movie for the most part. Um, shout out Andy Circus, but um, I just don't really care that much. Though they're all good. Every time I've watched them, I'm like, these are good. Yeah. But so I'll probably see it eventually. But I just don't. I'm not oh. like anticipating it that much. I'll see it. It's not going to be something I'm going to opening weekend. Yeah. Um, Joker two. I'm curious. I'm interested. About, um, with the whole, I guess, musical approach that they're taking. I don't know. I really like the first one. The first one was a, one of my more favorite films of the last, like, geez, now five years. It's so I've liked the that. movies Lady Gaga's been in, so we'll see. Yeah, she's been very good. Um, you got Dune Part Two, Kung Fu Panda Four, Gladiator Two, That's which interesting should be interesting. I don't even know if it, I'm assuming it, is Guy Ritchie doing that one too, because I know I it's. Don't know. Pretty, st- uh, no, sorry, Ridley Scott. Sorry, Ridley yeah. Scott. Yes, yeah, so he's <laughs> doing like... that one too. So, I mean, you got, um, gosh, Denzel Washington's in there. We'll dabble in those waters. Um, Deadpool 3 should be pretty good. That's about it. I mean, you got another quiet place. Uh, is that part one or day one? Yeah, they quiet just had the trailer one. come out. Trailer just um, came out today. Lupita yeah. Nyongo's in it. So, yep. And then, uh, Twisters, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like at this point of the year, it's like everything we know is a sequel or, <laughs> or related to something else. Um, and that Paddington, maybe, maybe Paddington Three. <laughs> so, but uh, I think kind of what you mentioned earlier is like we'll see these movies here that are anticipated, but the yeah. ones that we're gonna like the most are the ones that I don't yes. hear about until August. Yes, it's like hey, coming out no Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, the Iron Claw. Hell yeah, I guess I'll see mm-hmm. that. And it turned out to be my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Keep an open mind. Always keep an open mind. Well, good sir. Uh, We've been at almost over an hour and a half so far. Hey, time flies and we're having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so pod level midnight. Yep, it's going to be a big month. We've got, um, I guess I probably put a lot of my Oscar takes out there already, but we'll see as we get closer. I'm going to have a little more Oscar coverage stuff, and then we'll talk... Villeneuve, we'll talk Dune, um, talk Kirk Cousins at some point, and oh, man. Um, <laughs> we'll see what else we have, have in store. So, um, yeah, it's always fun. So I'll see you on Letterboxd. Yeah, I'll be there, man. I uh, we're we're pretty much home bodies now with the baby, so mm-hmm. uh, we got a lot of a lot of movies to watch. I have a lot on my watch list that I really want to jump on, especially even like ones from last year that we haven't seen yet. 
So, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be leaving my reviews. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I work from home, so I'm always having the TV on <laughs> as much as I can. Why not? Well, Josiah Dury, thank you so much. Um, looking forward to, uh, this year of movies and of course the Oscars next month. Yeah. Thanks, man. See well, you later. See you, bud.